December 24th. Dead with all the trimmings. Fatty. A turkey who, had he the intelligence, might have objected to the name, but who was so entirely lacking in the quality that he was not only unaware of what he was called, but also what time of year it was, or why he was being fed so magnificently, killed. Plucked, dressed and sold to Mrs Coombs, who stuffed him, roasted him and served him to her son and his friend, who ate him with not only no trace of guilt, but with great good cheer. And a lot of potatoes. Dead Vent Calendar, a merry murder mystery in 24 crimes. Written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. It snowed. Of all good and unlikely things, it snowed on Christmas Eve. It was not a heavy snowfall, but even a single flake is enough to frighten the railway network, and the one train out of London Bridge that morning was like the last chopper out of Saigon. So, just as busy as any normal commuter journey, but considerably more convivial. Jolly, even. Piles of presents instead of laptops. Smiles instead of tutting. Some drink may have been taken. It was not a heavy snowfall, but it was enough to enchant the world. Roofs and trees were frosted, multi-storey car parks and superstores smoothed over, streets still and white. The view from the Balkan viaduct was suddenly magical, woods dark under the snow and full of mystery, fields blank and drifting, ready for storybook wolves and horses and reindeer to race across. And across it, hundreds of happy, weary people, including Shiloh and I, were heading home for Christmas. Well... His home, in this case. Heredity is a confusing thing. Where my friend Shiloh is a deeply unreasonable and infuriating individual, his mother turned out to be welcoming, sensible, and every bit as sharp as her idiot son thought he was. Even when he showed up with an unannounced stranger in tow, while confessing to having been too busy to buy her a present, she simply smiled the weary smile of one who has seen much and has the decency to keep it to themselves, and sent us out to buy more food. The garden centre would still be open, apparently. And so we found ourselves back where we had begun. The small fir forest where Mr Ramage had been electrocuted to death and our whole strange Christmas adventure had started was now barely a copse. A few straggly, bare little trees clustered around the huge, over-decorated one in the centre, now properly wired up, I hoped. It might have been a sorry sight, but the snow had laid its seasonal mercy on those few branches, on the fibreglass ornamental fishponds and concrete nymphs, on the serried ranks of potted bushes and the ten different kinds of shed, the long, low, anonymous structure of the garden centre itself, and everything was merry with it. Christmas is a time for cliché. Time changes and passes and is lost, but Christmas remains the same. The garden centre had done what it could to pack as many cheesy clichés onto its shelves, and it was splendid. The doors slid open and the warm inside was scented of sickly spices and crowded plants. Long bins of candles and ornaments and decorations. A whole model village. Tiny houses with fairy lights in every window. Scaled down trains and molehill-sized mountains. All just as frosted as the real world outside. Christmas roses and poinsettia. 
brand new vintage grocers' crates full of nuts and satsumas and sprouts. In the cafe, a middle-aged man with ill-founded jazz pretensions was gently abusing classic songs on a portable keyboard. Every member of staff had been forced into too small a Santa hat. Nothing but clichés, as far as the eye could see. Like Shiloh's admission that he had no idea what to buy his mother. Well, I said, what is she like? How should I know? said Shiloh. She's my mother. It's none of my business. Hmm, what you need for Christmas, I said, is some serious guidance on what is and what isn't your business. Right then, fortunately, it is the season for cliches and we are going to indulge every single one. It's a garden centre, so flowers first, then expensive chocolates, then even more expensive soap. A CD of classical Christmas tunes, a coffee table book of uncontroversial art, and one of these silk scarves. And a card in which you shall have to think of something appropriately filial to write. That is a lot of things, said Shiloh. And how many mothers do you have? Uh, Just that one he said. Then be thankful you only have to do it once, I said, and get a receipt so she can return it all afterwards. At last we were back inside with the door closed with no intention of opening again until Boxing Day and Mrs Coombs sat patiently through a long supper in which she heard over and over again the story of Oscar Bolivar and his reign of terror and we argued about the details and disagreed and started over again and she was remarkably patient about the whole thing until finally we were full of mince pies and wine and piling up the presents under the tree. Shiloh picked up a package with his name on from me and turned it over in his hands. Not, I think, a bomb, he said. Wouldn't be such a surprise now, I said. I have to save that for another Christmas. He pressed at it with his long fingers. Some, some kind of fabric, but too thick to be a shirt, he held it up. Not socks, though. The wrong shape. Hemispherical and about the same size as a human head. This is the peril of buying presents for a detective, I suppose. A hat, he said. Remarkable, I said dutifully. Elementary, said Shiloh. It's a deer stalker, isn't it? It's just what I wanted. I know, I said, picking up a present for me, which is why I can deduce it's exactly what you bought me too. A deer stalker. Well, said Shiloh happily, who wouldn't want one? As I was going to bed later, I opened the curtains to discover that it was snowing again, and I lay there listening to that peculiar soft, calm silence of snowfall. It was, at last, Christmas, and everyone had got what they wanted, except Oscar Bolivar, who had not been at all good. Inspector Street had gotten a rest, Shiloh had finally got to solve a mystery, and I had got to not be an accessory to murder and not be killed myself. Christmas at last, and a happy one. For everyone, I hope, especially you. You have been listening to Deadvent Calendar, written by me, Tobias Sturt, from an original idea by Rowan Davis and I. The story was read by John Millington, and I, of course, read the murders. The music is The Sleigh, by The Sportsman and by Mitch Miller and his orchestra and chorus, both from the Internet Archive. If you enjoyed this podcast, please spread the word and even rate and review it wherever you can. You can find our other Christmas stories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or on our website at ruritania.co.uk stories. 
and a Merry Christmas to you all. Ha 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 